So let's just pray together. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks today that we can be here in the power of God. So let us ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon us now. May the words I'm going to say today be your words. May the words we listen to from the Bible inspire us and encourage us and help us to know your promises of who we are, of our identity found in you. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. So this is our fourth week in our series on and our series called Who Am I? A question about our identity. Who are we as people, as individuals? Who are we in Christ? So in our first week, we looked at and we tried to understand that our identity is found in how God sees us. And then over the last two weeks, we're focused on what has been our personality and what has been our character. And today I want to move us on. I want to take us into the next step. And I want to have a look at what are the promises of God about our identity. What are the promises of God found in the Bible about our identity? And when we have a look at these, we'll notice that a lot of them come from the epistles. That is, the letters written by the apostles to the new churches to encourage believers in their new identity, in their understanding of who people are and how to live as Christ followers. And that's why we find so many of the promises about our identity found in these epistles. To understand who you are in God's eyes is an amazing blessing and it helps us to actually live in faith in the hard times when we understand that God loves us, God sees us through Christ and all our guilt is washed away. So the first of our promises I want to share with you is this that we will be fellow heirs with Christ. Now that is actually found in Galatians 4. So that's the letter to the Galatian church. Galatians 4 verse 7. And let me put it up on the screen for you. Now you are no longer a slave, but God owns God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Now isn't that an amazing piece of promise for you? That you, individual, and I just want to stop you. I, I, I want to make this personal for you. I don't want it to be for people, for we, for us, for everybody. It is. The promises of God is for all those who believe. But the promises become real when they become personal. When they become the promise from God to you as an individual. So when it says you are no longer a slave. So you're no longer bound by other people, but you are God's own child. You have been adopted into God's family. And since you're a child, because you're a child, then you are an heir of all that God has. Now, what is the benefit of being an heir? You, you know what I mean? Not the heir as in the heir around us, but the heir that somebody inherits. 
So in New Testament times, so back in the time of Jesus, the firstborn son, sorry all ladies out here, you missed out. But the firstborn son, they would receive, and it's only the firstborn, and I can see a few people going, yes, the firstborn son would actually receive the major portion of all of the property and the inheritance of the family. And this was actually to ensure that the power and the prestige and the name of the family carried on. And it wasn't dissipated through sharing out to all of the individuals in the family. So when you have a large family, the more people getting a divide of the pie, the, the more it dissipates and becomes smaller, doesn't it? And so what they would do is they would make it just one who would get the majority share of it. The rest got something a little bit. But that person would then carry on the name and the power and the prestige. And that's what it meant to be an heir. So when you think about it for a moment, think about it for a moment. If God is making each and every one of you an heir, Every one of you. That means you are getting the lion's share. You're getting the blessing. You're getting the wealth. You're getting the majority share of all that God is giving you. You're getting the, the inheritance, the riches, the life everlasting, the blessings for those who believe in Jesus. It is God's love poured out upon you. You are the majority stakeholder, the heir, and that's a promise to you. And that's who you are, an identity. You are God's child. You are an heir to all that God has given us through the power of Jesus Christ, life everlasting, forgiveness of sins. We have been redeemed and that's what we have, the joy of that. That's an amazing promise. And our identity can be found in that. Moving on, another promise that we have from the Bible, from the epistles, and this time from Philippians and also Ephesians, we are citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. So Philippians 3.20 says this, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting for his return as a saviour. Or if we jump into Ephesians, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. See, the importance of being a citizen is that you are the mem- you have membership you have rights you have privileges as a citizen and you are as citizens of God's family of God's kingdom of God's rule on all of this earth and all eternity when you become that citizen what happens is that you not to you know if we, we talk about citizenship it means that we legally belong to a country The citizens of the country are the ones who belong legally. And because they belong legally, they have the rights and the protections of that country. 
And so if we are made citizens of God's kingdom, of God's rule and reign, then we have the rights and the protection of God upon us. This is amazing for us. To have the protection of God, to have the privileges of God, to be adopted. And one of the things is that when you become a citizen of a country, you know what you're meant to do? You're meant to adopt the culture and the practices of the country. As you become a citizen of the country, you adopt the, the way of being of that country and you, you make that part of who you are. And so when you are a citizen of God's kingdom, you adopt the culture of God's kingdom. You adopt the practices of God's kingdom and you actually start to make it a part of who you are. This is an amazing and important part of our identity because when we are citizens of heaven, when we are citizens of God's kingdom, then we start, we know that we have the protection of God upon our side. We know that we can follow God's ways and God will be just and will reward us appropriately. But we also know that what we will do is follow in God's ways and following God's practices and the culture that God has created, that we will be known as Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ. And so that's part of our identity, that we are heirs with Christ, that we are citizens of heaven. And next, I want to share this one from 2 Corinthians verse five, chapter 5, verse 17, and it is that we are a new creature. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. That we are a new creation, made new. To understand this new creation, first we must actually understand and grasp the concept, the fact of creation, the fact that God created. It tells us that we have a new birth. And if we remember some of the the stories from the Gospels, one of the things that Jesus said was that you need to be born again, that we need to become a new creation, a new creature, because our identity is founded in God. And this new birth is brought about by the will of God, not by what we decide to do, but is brought about because of God's grace upon our life. Neither did God simply clean up our old nature. He created something entirely fresh and unique. We are a new creation, completely new, brought about by from nothing, just as the whole universe was created. Secondly, the old thing has actually passed away. The old refers to everything that was a part of our old nature, you know, our, our pride in ourselves, the, the sin that we may have done, the reliance on having to do good works, habits, passions, those kind of things. But what happens is that the most, the biggest thing that holds us back from actually adopting the identity that God gives us, this new creation is that we think that we are the best, the love of self, 
self-righteousness, self-promotion, self-justification gets in the way of all of this. And when we're a new creation, God gives us that new identity. We no longer look to ourselves as being the centre of the universe, but we look towards Christ as the one who creates, redeems, and is the centre of all things. The new has come, and the old has been replaced by the new things. See, it's really funny when you start to think about it. Have you ever noticed that that unless you clean out the old things in your house, when you bring new stuff in, you know what happens? It fills up, doesn't it? And if you keep on bringing new things in without getting rid of the old, what happens? It gets full to overflowing and there's no space. So we need to realise that when we are a new creation, it's not adding new things in on top of the old. We are new. The old has been removed and we are new. It's important for us to actually understand that we are new. And because we are new, we realise that we are loved and that we are chosen. That we are dearly loved and chosen. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, and we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you. There's a promise. God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. God loves you and has chosen you to be the people of God. Isn't that an amazing thing for us? You know, I don't think we ever realize, we, we let these words flow across us as though it's just every day. But I think what we need to do to really understand our identity of who God sees us to be and what we are created anew is that God loves you. You know when we say words so often that they have no meaning? It just becomes second nature, it's words, it's noise. What I want you to do for a moment is just imagine for yourself that you've never heard that God actually loves you. That you've never had it. And God's love is there for you. The creator of the universe, the one that you know creates nebulas, puts stars in space, goes all beyond this is the one who has great love for you. God's love is for everybody, the whole world, but it is also for you, the individual, and it's personal. Because God has chosen you. See, one of the biggest tricks our enemy has, One of the biggest tricks our enemy has when we think about our identity in Christ is that he tries to convince us that we are not okay in the eyes of God. That somehow we're flawed. Somehow the mistakes that we make, the things that we do, God cannot possibly love you because of what you've done. That's the enemy speaking to you. When you start thinking that God can't love you and has not chosen you, that is not God's word. That is the enemy's. It's not because of what we've done. It's because God has chosen you. God has chosen you to love. That's God's grace. 
And while we're focusing on, on how God has loved you and has chosen you, let me also give you some more of the promises for you that God says you are. And I'll put them up on the board, up on the screens for you. You are redeemed. In other words, you are made new. The old ways have been pushed away. You've been made clean. You've been restored. You've been redeemed. You, you are blessed. You are forgiven. You are valued. You are delightful. You are sheltered. You are protected. You are wonderfully made. These are the promises that God has for you. That you are each and every one of those things. And more than anything else, more than anything else, I think this promise that you are God's masterpiece really helps us understand how God sees each and every one of you. That you are a masterpiece. Let me put up the scriptural verse for him from Ephesians. And it actually comes from Ephesians 2 um, verse 10, but I want you to see this in the light of verse 8 and 9 so that we can get the whole passage together. Because this sets everything up. God saved you by grace. So God saved you by grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So God is giving you this wonderful gift. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So it's not about us and the good things that we've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he has planned for us long ago. See, I love this passage to actually think that we are a masterpiece. Think about it for a moment. What is a masterpiece? When we talk about masterpieces in the world of art, don't we? It's somebody that has created something that is fresh, unique, at the pinnacle of the art world. It's got immense detail. It's got character. It's got individuality. Each and every one of us are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And you are God's masterpiece. We are all God's masterpiece. And God sees us because we are wonderfully made in the image of God. Each and every one of us. Now, we don't get the full understanding of our salvation by grace when we actually don't understand this in the light that we are God's masterpiece. That God has created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do good things that he has planned for us so long ago. It's an important statement and it offers immense insight into what God desires after our salvation. See, when we talk verse 8 and 9, and let me put them up again, this is steps to salvation. This is steps to accepting Christ. This is steps to becoming a Christian. This is steps to you being God's masterpiece. God saved you by his grace. Not that we could do anything. When you believe, so we've got to believe in Jesus Christ. And you can't take credit for this. 
It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things that we do, for the good things that we've done, so none of us can boast about because for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ. See that new creation in Christ coming in there as well? So you can do good things. He has planned for us so long ago. So the character that we start to be comes out of the identity that we are God's masterpiece. And see, God's masterpiece is something that is crafted with skill and with purpose. See, we are crafted with skill and purpose to do the will of God in the world around us. We are created in Jesus Christ to do good works. The works that we do, the things that we do, don't give us salvation. That is in Christ. And we need to believe in Christ for that. See, these are only a few of the promises from God about your identity, who you are. And this is how God sees you. To truly see our identity, we need to see ourselves in the same way that God actually sees us. See, so often we, we just have these filters up of, of all the things that have happened in our life, of the good, the bad, the ugly, the not-so-okay, the joyous times. They all make up who we are. But so often we put those filters up and we filter everything. And I know it, I do it all the time. Problem is, you know, I might do something and I'll let that play in my head all the time. And I'll let that play over and over again and it feeds me into spiral where I'm not listening to God's view of me. I'm listening to what I've done, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And I think we all do that, don't we? We, we do it especially when we know we've done something wrong. And we, and we play it over and over again. And it's that negativity that keeps on building and building upon us. But see, what we need to be able to do is we need to see with God's eyes of who we are. And that's why the promises in, in the Bible, in, and this is why the promises were written to the early church, because they had problems. They didn't always do the right things. They started behaving in ways that were against what God had wanted them to do. They started having fights and arguments with one another. We all do that, don't we? But it was there so that they could hear the promises of their identity, of who they were to be. See, as God sees us, God sees us as an heir, a child of God with all of the rights, with all of the gifts, with all of the promises, everything given to you. God sees us as citizen of heaven, of willing to take up of being given that grant of the protection and the promises and being able to follow through. God sees us as a new creation. God creates us as a new creation. We need to see ourselves as God's new creation. God loves us and has chosen us. God, we are God's masterpiece. See, we can love with God's, we can love with God's love when we know our true identity. See, we need to embrace God's love today by loving yourself the way God loves you. 
because he carefully and lovingly knit you together. Every single part of you, inside and out, was fashioned by God and you are his masterpiece. Don't look at yourself as the world sees with the world's eyes. Look at yourself through God's eyes. You're a beloved child. You were crowned with glory and honour. So let us see ourselves in the promises of God, of who we are. And I want to pray with you today. And I'm going to, we're going to pray, and we're actually going to pray with Psalm 139, verse 13 and 18. I'm going to put them up the screen. So what I want you to do is open your eyes and take this prayer as a part of you. O God, you made all the delicate and inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. O Lord, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex, for your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. O Lord, you watched over me as I was being formed in utter seclusion and as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. O Lord, you saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, that they cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. O Lord, O God, you know me, you created me, you made me wonderful. Each and every one of us here today, all those that claim that they are followers of Christ, are a new creation, a masterpiece. Lord, help us to claim this for ourselves today. Help us to see ourselves through your eyes. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.